I can't possibly justify the last 30 minutes of my life. Can't do it. Can't do it, won't do it. I hope there's one person listening to this show right what now. What happened? Okay. What did you do? Amongst the many listening to the show, and hello, how you doing? Happy hump day. Hey. I'm driving into work on the highway. It's Friday for some of us. Some fool. Some fool in a pickup truck. Look. With a bed behind his truck, right? That's how most... What do you mean? That's how most people Not like a truck work. bed, like a... Like I, a... Like I, a, he was pulling a, a like a like a, a bed behind him? Like it was it was hitched to his truck? Yes. Okay. All right. I got you. There's a word I can't figure out the word. Like a flatbed hitched Thank to his you. truck. Yes. Yeah, no problem. Something along those lines. Thank you. <laughs> this guy's in the left lane. I'm in the left lane. Okay? Okay. Guess what this dude does? He, what did this dude do? He pumps his brakes for no reason. And literally... Pebbles and small rocks come flying out of his bed, hitting my windshield uh, in about seven different spots. And you just got your windshield oh. fixed. Yeah. Oh, no. Did it break? I swear to God, if Did I go crack? out there today when this show is over and I see a crack in my windshield, I see little little chips. Oh. If one of those become oh. a crack. Did you try wiping to see if they're like actual chips or just like. Rami, I had no time. Just I pulled up in the parking lot. I pulled up in the parking lot at 152. concerned about you. I had no time. I took a look at it. I'm sorry. I, I took a look at the windshield, at the, the hood of the truck. If there's a crack, I'm, there's no limit to my madness after this show. I'm just going to warn everybody. Did you get a license plate? I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to do something. Should have got a license plate. Did you get a license plate? Why is this guy in the left lane? You clown! You got a pickup truck with stuff Why does in, in he the have bed. Gravel in the back yeah. of his. What are you doing, bed? you What's idiot? He... <laughs> Other than trying to ruin my life, <laughs> which believe me, enough has happened in the last month. Like now, now I got to deal with morons in front of me. Did you get a license plate? No. Okay. I was too busy watching the several rocks hit my windshield. <laughs> To pay close attention to this guy's license plate. Morons. Again, I just hope he's one of the people listening to this show so I can call that guy an idiot. Because that's what you are. Shout out that guy. Clown show. All right, let's get to to sports now. Cattles and Rami on a Wednesday here on Sacktown Sports. Uh, Let's start with the Sacramento Kings, Rami. Because ESPN has been working overtime to pump... To pump the tires of the Kings. Yeah, I don't know what's going on over there. Let's first start off with Brian Custer, who was uh, filling in for Greenberg, Mike Greenberg, on Get Up earlier this week on ESPN. And here's uh, what Brian Custer had to say regarding teams, or at least one team that he thought could derail a Nuggets dynasty. I'm going to go with a team you guys probably forgot about. How about the Sacramento Kings? Let's got, go. the, got the coach of the year, Mike yes. Brown. Yes. They got the most okay. clutch guy in the fourth yes. quarter in De'Aaron oh, Fox. Demonis Sabonis. Right, look, I want him to work on his mid-range game this summer. But this is, that is a team on the right. They took them to seven. Golden you State. are tripping, but it's fine. Look, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, you know what we need? You know, Swagoo's in cook. We need oven mitts. That's the hottest take there you go. today. Marcus Spears... Deep voice slash sore throat, creepily underneath that, bothers me. I think he's funny. I like Marcus Spears. Oh, I love Marcus Spears. I'm a fan. I love Marcus Spears. I'm a fan. But that that whole lower sore throat, gravelly voice yeah. underneath it going, you yeah. trip it. That was a little weird. Then we had yesterday, 
It's like every day this week, ESPN is going to pump the Kings tires, yep. which in one part is great, right? It's fantastic. Get the word out, pump the tires. Yesterday, it was Mad Dog Chris Russo on first take. Why do I not go with Darian Fox, Dang. Monk, Sabonis, Dang. and what they gained this year? Sacramento is number four. Sacramento. They're only going to get better. They had Golden State beat if Barnes makes a jump shot. It would have won that series and then play the Lakers. And who knows? Fox is great. Monk did a great job. We like Sabonis, the kid from Baylor. They're only going to get better. A lot of experience gained from last year's postseason. You know they're going to be a 50-win team next year. They were the obvious. They were, they were the two seed. They were the three seed in the in the Western Conference. They'll be higher. Kings future might be a touch shy, <laughs> but the Kings future with the Thunder is big time. He's a cartoon character. Yeah, still really not is. sure why he's yelling at me about <laughs> it. Might possibly. be a touch shy. Might be a touch shy. And then today, then today again. So we had Brian Custer on Monday. We had Mad Dog on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Today was Mike Greenberg's day to pump the Kings' tires. Here's Greeny. At number three, it's probably a year early for them, but I love what I see from Sacramento. They were a win away, and they needed to learn. That That was like an old-school teams that are knocking on the door and looking to break the door down, and eventually they will. Again, they've got the players to do it. They've got the guys there who I think eventually will do it. They need the seasoning. They got a bunch of it. They were in there with the champs. They saw exactly what it took, and in Game 7, they weren't ready. But I think they will be coming up. It might be a year early for them, but Sacramento is going to be a team to be reckoned with. Fantastic. Fantastic that you know ESPN is finally paying attention to Sacramento, giving them the respect. Pumping the tires, as I've said. But, Rami, what is behind all of this sudden hype? Because this week, it's been borderline out of control. Have you ever had, like, a thought or a take that you you had planned on taking into the show and then it changed, like, as the show was going? Because I think I had an epiphany while I was listening to all of those, and I saw all three of those clips. So, so in some, you can hear, like, the other people, like with the Marcus Spears uh, you you can hear it. You can't see Stephen A. Smith's reaction to Mad Dog Russo. You can't see the other, like the panel on Get Up's reaction as Mike Greenberg was was saying what he was saying. But Alan Hahn Alan, was the one that looked terrible. Yes. So I, but I, I saw it, and I'm thinking back to it, and uh, I oven mitts hot take. I had Alan an epiphany Hahn. as to what's going on here, Nick. I've had an epiphany as to, I think a little bit of it is. Um, they are they are gaining some some respect. They they're gaining some steam in the in the respect department. But what it also is is the Kings are right in that sweet spot of being a realistic but yet still hot take. You, you know what I mean? For these talking heads shows, they're right there in that sweet spot where you can say it. And people, people will have the people like Marcus Pierce will go, man, you're tripping, and and, and you know Monica McNutt. It creates be, that debate. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It like it, yeah. it, that that creates some heat for these these shows. I think that I, that that thought just occurred to me now as we were listening to those. And I was thinking back to the people's reaction on the set. They are right there in that sweet spot of hot, but realistic take. You know what I mean? They're not quite a contender yet. But showed some people some stuff last year. You know what I mean? Darian Fox. Yeah, because was if you say of the year. if you say the Lakers, the Clippers, the Warriors, kind right. of the teams that we've always heard the last several years, it's not as spicy. Yes, 
A yes. little bit of spice. The kings, the kings bring a little bit of spice. A little bit of spice, but not too much. Like you can, you can still taste the food. You know what I mean? I also think, I, I absolutely believe you have a great point with that. I, I do think that's part of it. What team can we find that finished in the top four or five of the Western Conference? But that still, people will give you the side eye when you right. say when you call them a contender, like Sacramento, because right. casual Sacramento. viewers. Sa- casual viewers might might sit back and say, "Wait a minute, what? Set? Did he say Sacramento?" Right. And then you have the pushback of the other person. Stephen Mason, they're shaking his head while Mad Dog is doing his list and going, "Just a time." That's uh, that's oven mitt hot take uh, style, as Alan Hahn said right. this week to Brian Custer. So there's absolutely some of that. I also think there's some overcorrection here, where these shows know. That Sacramento is hungry. They know Kings fans are excited. And they know that they need to get some eyeballs on their product during the slower months over the next, you know, two or three. And so maybe you kind of stoke the flames of the hot fan base to get them going as well. I do wonder, too, Rami, the Kings might be on TV much more next year. So is this kind of getting ahead of things and planting the seeds so when the Kings are on ESPN or ABC next year, they've already talked them up, they've already become part of the ESPN narrative instead of, oh, this team from nowhere coming from the outside, you want to try to get ahead. That, that's what I do wonder is if there's some of that. And, and I also believe, like you mentioned, the whole right there between hot take and should be considered. Right. That's the category that I think the Kings are in right now before this offseason begins. Mm -hmm. In two months or so, we might have a different conversation. But right now, that's where they are. There's a lot of questions in the Western Conference. There's a lot of questions. What are the Clippers going to do? What are the Lakers going to do? What are the Suns going to do? Massive contracts on those books. Ages, injuries, lots of questions about the Western Conference kinds of sets up perfectly for some of these guys and gals on ESPN to say, I'm going with Sacramento because in some cases, Rami, you could argue Sacramento might be a safer pick than a lot of these other teams. Because there are more knowns with Sacramento. Right. The only unknown with Sacramento is what are you going to do with Harrison Barnes or his his money, you know, if, if it's not going to be him. That's the only question. With these, other, with these other teams that you're talking about, Nick, you either have like major players, like big parts of, of your core – that are question marks because of their contract situation or their age or their injury history, or you just have, in the case of the Lakers, where it, they have three guys under contract, and they are LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and I don't remember the third guy's name because he barely played for them. They have three guys under contract. So it it is a lot easier to point to the Kings right now with all the knowns versus all these other teams around the Western Conference with the unknowns and go, you know what? They could do something, and and if you want, if you want to push back on that, tell me who exactly is on the Los Angeles Lakers. Right, that makes them a more formidable contender. Right, because we know they have three players, and one of them I never heard of. Now the other two are Anthony Davis and LeBron James. That's pretty good. You got a good start there, but you have legitimately like nine, ten, eleven roster spots to fill with the Los Angeles Lakers. That's going to matter as far as how strong a contender they yeah, are. Yeah, there is this inherent back and forth when you bring the Kings up. It's right there staring you in the face, and it creates some good television. Uh, We want your thoughts. What's going on with all this hype? What's behind all this hype for the Kings from ESPN this week? 
every day this week so far, we've had somebody anchoring one of these shows or one of these debate show co-hosts throwing the Kings out there as a legitimate top contender. Maybe it's just they Kings steady rising and rising and rising. Maybe it's they really feel that way. Maybe that was uh, Mike Greenberg was giving the lit because they pointed out that the last five years we've had different champions in the NBA, no repeat champions for the last five years. And he was saying who could be the sixth different champion in six years. And he had the Kings third on his list as a team that could win a championship next year that hasn't done it in the last five years. So your thoughts, what's behind all this hype? 916-339-1140 is the text line. The phone number is 1-800-920-1140. YouTube, youtube.com, Sacktown Sports 1140. We'll get your thoughts on the Kings hype coming from ESPN this week. Also, is an NBA superstar about to be traded? We'll give you the latest in 90 seconds. Cattles and Robbie. Cattles and Robbie. Sacktown Sports. All right, so uh, last week we talked about Baby Gronk. This 10-year-old kid who's all over social media and pads and all that stuff with other famous people going to college campuses, taking pictures, just all over Instagram, all over Twitter. And we had this interview with Baby Gronk's dad, and we, we read some of the excerpts to you. And uh, apparently this story just continues to grow and more people are talking about it because it's 2023. So baby Gronk and his father were on the bring the juice podcast. And during this podcast, the podcast hosts, I don't know who they are. And frankly, they should be embarrassed, absolutely embarrassed. And and you'll figure out why in, in a couple of minutes here, but they're on this bring the juice podcast. And the father is sitting right next to baby Gronk. And what you're going to hear is the podcast hosts asking questions. Baby Gronk not really knowing how to answer the questions. Because he's a 10-year-old child. Correct. And dad jumping in to teach his son how to answer these questions. Here you go. Are you him is the real question. Yes. See, I'm going to punch him in. Punch Ask him that in. again, bro. Say, man, what kind of question is that? You see my Instagram? Say that. Ready? Go. Right, go hey, ahead. baby Grom, are you him? What kind of question is that? Look at my Instagram. Would you take her to prom someday? <laughs> hey, no, say it again, bro. You got to say, uh, say, man, uh, I, already DM- I already DM'd her and asked her, and she said yes. <laughs> All right, come on, man. Tell the mic. Hey, baby Gronk, would you take Livy Dunn to prom, you think? I already DM'd her, and she said yes. Damn. <laughs> Damn. What kind of tuxedo are you getting? OG James Bond style or what? Yeah. Nah, hey, say it again, bro. Hey, what kind hey, of tuxedo are you say, getting? Uh, I'm going to get a Gucci one. Ready? <laughs> hey, what kind of tuxedo are you getting? I'm going to get a Gucci one. What are you going to do You know, to, to stay sharp and keep your skills up if you're actually not going to go through with middle school and high school? Just work out. No, I'm gonna get massages. By, I'm gonna get uh, body full body massages by some baddies. <sighs> All right, ready? Go. Right. Okay. You want to ask it again, bro? Yeah, yeah. All right, go. I saw that you're foregoing middle school and high school football. How are you gonna keep preparing yourself to play college football in this whole process? I'm gonna get body massages by baddies. Anything you want to say before we dip out, baby Gronk? I'm 
the number one fourth grade football player in the world and flex and that's it. Ready? Stand right there. Say it one more time. Yeah. Hey, baby, go. Thoughts? Uh, that was the cringiest thing I've ever heard in my life. And uh, that dude should be embarrassed. Kid's like, I'm going to work out. He's like, no, 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 no. Tell the world you're going to be getting massages Massages baddies. by baddies. What is what is happening? Let, let me just what? say this. I'm so confused by all of it. Like, did they think it was going to be edited? Did they? Did that dude know how he was coming off? First of all. Did the host set them up to expose this dad for the weirdo and the fraud that he is well, who's using his child for fame? I don't think so because what the podcast hosts did was expose themselves as being frauds. They allowed this to happen. They allowed this to happen. But I'm assuming they, they, they played released along. that. They played along with this. So it's just, I don't know. I, I don't want to go down that. That's the least of the issue here is the podcast hosts and, and how this came together. <laughs> uh, I saw something from Jane Slater on Twitter today. She said, I, I wasn't going to weigh in here, but this deeply bothers me. His dad sent me messages on IG about taking a picture with his son. I was working at the star, and he said his son was out of school in 30. I agreed. This kid had no idea who I was. It felt very odd and uncomfortable. So last week when we talked about this, I don't want to say I I gave the father the benefit of the doubt. I raised the idea of, hey, look, the father might have his – mind in the right place good intentions good intentions but doing things wrong right because he talked about setting his son up financially and hey if he doesn't work out athletically i I want him to have something else to to kind of go to and and it seemed like he was just his number one focus was preparing his son for a future in case the athletics didn't actually play out the way that this social media is looking and he also mentioned the idea of well, reality is different than what's going on social media. Uh, I now give this guy zero benefit of the doubt after listening to this. This is brutal. This is exploitation of a child. Th- exactly what it is. Exactly what it is. And we talked about the Ball family. One big difference was the Ball family was much older. Mm-hmm. The kids were older than this. And if we go back to the conversation from the father last week, he said this kid's been training since he was like six years old, eating brown rice and clean food, and he's he's doing workouts every single day. And and wh- apparently getting massages by baddies. Yeah, and, and, and what there. this and, and what this tells you is exactly what Rami took from it last week. Maybe I'm too kind-hearted of a soul, Rami. Maybe I just <laughs> believe in the good in people. But Rami's thought. Stop doing that. Rami's thought last week was like, this guy is using his kid to live out his own dream because the father played high school football, got injured, and and couldn't Mm -hmm. continue to play. He could have been a contender. I countered that, believing in the good of people, giving this guy somewhat of the benefit of the doubt, saying, well, maybe he learned from the injury. And all, all the father did was focus on football. And then when he got hurt, his whole world was destroyed. So maybe he's trying to give his son a safety net by building these finances up with this kid making father set upwards of like a hundred grand a year. So maybe he was trying to prepare his son for life just in case things went wrong, like went wrong in his life. No, because answering these questions and force feeding his kid these answers 
it tells you this is this guy's vision. And these weird, creepy answers, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so weird, man. I, I felt so bad for that kid watching that and just cringed all the way through. And, yeah, man, this guy's just, he's he's the worst. Whoever whoever that child's mother is, try and get him as far away from that dude as possible. This is my take on the whole thing. This could horrendously people, backfire for this kid. And people stop stop giving him what he wants. You know yeah, what I especially mean? Especially colleges. If it, he's sliding in those DMs and asking you for pictures like who was who Jane was, Slater. Like Jane Slater, say no. Well, now she now she knows. Yeah, now the she story. knows. Yeah, we didn't know before. She I'm not just blaming thought it, Jane. Yeah, Jane she just Slater. thought it was a ten year old kid who wanted a picture with her. Stop. This this could backfire horrendously for this kid, and I hope it doesn't. Same in many different ways. And to, to Rami's point, if you're a college, if you're a college football program, stay away from this. We know the college football and college athletic world is scummy to begin with, but please stay away from this. You you don't need to. If he's a legit recruit, you can check him out in three, four years. Yeah, you, you know don't I mean? need when to he's put a high spotlight. Football, there's no need to put a spotlight on this kid right now and and feed this his dad exactly what he's looking for in this publicity stunt. Awful. That, that he's turned his child into. Downright awful. I uh, want to remind all of you that uh, guests come to you from the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda is your one-stop Honda shop. It's absolutely ridiculous. No other way to, to, to describe that. Big names are missing from some NFL facilities this week. Big deal or no big deal. Next. How big is it? No matter what, national pundits would tell you it's huge. Now it's our turn to tell you. Big deal or no big deal? On Cattles and Robbie. All right, so uh, over the last few days, there's been some big names that have not shown up to their mandatory minicamps in the NFL. Plenty of big names, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Chris Jones, and more. And uh, we figured that we'd run through four of these names and tell you if it's a big deal or no big deal that these guys are having issues right now with their organizations. JJ, take it away. Yes, sir. We'll begin with you today, Nick, as we uh, we kicked it to Rami yesterday on uh, filling it a fraudulent, plus Rami's leaving us, so... I don't uh, I don't feel good about the situation because it's on vacation. So I feel for you, Nick. Thank you. All right, Nick. <laughs> big deal or no deal, which I think is the biggest name so far this offseason, Saquon Barkley holding out. Big deal. Uh, big deal because the New York Giants need Saquon Barkley desperately. I know there are some people, even in New York, that look at last season and say, well, maybe Brian Dable finally found a way to succeed with Daniel Jones at quarterback. I say that Dable did a great job of hiding Jones in dealing with his weaknesses. You don't want Daniel Jones with all the pressure on his shoulders with no Saquon Barkley. You don't want that at all. And, Rami, we're talking about the Giants, even if you don't believe in Daniel Jones, that's a team that has a little bit of momentum with mm-hmm. Dayball at the helm. So you want to kind of continue that to run down the hill, especially in a tough division. I really like Dayball, and I think he's he's a coach that can do that can do more with less. I think I think Josh Allen's success had a lot to do with with Brian Dayball, and I I think he is building something 
dis- I, I agree with everything you're saying about Daniel Jones. I think he's building something despite Daniel Jones being his quarterback yeah. in New York. And they added Darren Waller to that. They got some weapons around him, including Saquon Barkley and Nick. I do agree with you that this would be a big deal if uh, if there was actually some some risk that Saquon Barkley wasn't going to be on the Giants this year. But I'm saying no big deal because of the 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 rock in the hard place that Saquon Bark- Barkley is between right now. That running backs find themselves in all the time. Let he's me counter either, that. He's either going to play on the franchise tag or he's going to agree to some extension that, quite frankly, he probably deserves more than. But I think some way, somehow... Saquon Barkley is going to be a giant and not make enough money. I will counter that. I believe he'll inevitably be a giant, but he might not be. And even if he is a giant, let's not forget his injury history. And the more time that he misses in the offseason and preseason, if he plans on parachuting into the season, I'd be very concerned if I were the Giants. Because first quarter, first game, that dude could pop a hammy. He's had a lot of injury issues. Last year, he was relatively healthy. I don't want him missing any workouts, any rehab work, anybody looking at this guy's body. So I'd be concerned. I think Saquon works out. Day one of the champs. Oh, excuse me. I mean, Thanks, the champs. Tommy. Yes, yeah. I'm sure he works out. <laughs> Day one of the uh, Kansas City <laughs> Chiefs minicamp did not see their defensive end Chris Jones come on in their defensive tackle, I should say. Mm-hmm. It's a, he's entering his first, his final year of a four-year deal, Rami. Big deal or no deal, Chris Jones not in the building. Now, I think this is a big deal because unlike running backs, guys that, that terrorize quarterbacks, they, they have some leverage in, in negotiations. And if they don't if they don't treat Chris Jones right and give him what he's asking for, I think that he could potentially force his way out of Kansas City, it's 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 mandatory minicamp, so we're still a long way from there. But when a player has leverage and pass rushers are at a premium in this league and he has some leverage, I think there's a better chance that they they can wiggle their way out of a situation and out of an organization. And I think that it's somewhere down the line, unlike with Saquon Barkley, a possibility that this thing this thing comes to a head. And Chris Jones is either missing games, sitting out regular season games, or he's just playing for somebody else. So I'm going to say big deal. Yeah, I think it's a big deal. He's the best defensive player that Kansas City has. Yes. This guy has been a wrecking ball a lot in the playoffs, including last year. And really, if he missed a couple of games, that could be the difference between you being the one seed and a three seed in the AFC because the AFC is pretty deep. We ain't talking NFC here. I think Kansas City's had a pretty mid-off season, and not a lot of people are talking about it. They look like a team to me that just believes that Patrick Mahomes can rise all the boats without any issue. Wide receiver leaves a lot to be desired. I just, I don't know what they're doing. That They have not improved significantly in this offseason. And if you're without your top defender for even a couple of games, might be a little bit of a rough road for Kansas City to start this season out. Yeah, you do have Patrick Mahomes. You know what I mean? And, and you'll be able to outscore teams. But like you said, Nick, he's... They have a mediocre defense at best, and that's that's when they, they seem to be able to turn it up for the playoffs. Without Chris Jones, I don't know that they can even dial that up. They they need they need to give that man his money. 
We jump right back over into the uh, backfield, fellas. You talked about running backs. Rami, we kick over to the franchise tagged Josh Jacobs, who would be playing on $10.1 million this year. He did not report. Big deal or no deal, Rami? Uh... Bigger deal than it is with the Giants, just because the Raiders are so incompetent an organization that I wouldn't be surprised if somehow, some way, they botched this whole thing. And we're talking about Josh Dave, Josh Jacobs, either missing some games or ending up elsewhere. Nick, like I don't think that'll be the case with Saquon Barkley. I think that could be the case with Josh Jacobs is that somehow, some way, they fumble this whole thing and they make this a bigger deal than it should be and not necessarily exercise that leverage I was talking about the Giants having over Saquon Barkley. I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. Josh Jacobs, he'll be there. He knows he's got to be there. Just with the fact that if he wants out, which if I'm him, I would want out sooner rather than later. So I show up on that franchise tag for one year and I get out of Vegas as soon as possible and get away from Josh McDaniels. I also look at this team and they're just going nowhere. Like whether you have Jacobs or not, how much is that going to change the math of this season? With Jacobs, what are they? Seven win team, eight win team without Jacobs. What are they? Six win team? Could argue too that if there is one coach, as as much as we question McDaniels and rightfully so, if there's one coach that has proven to get a lot out of the running back position without the pedigree or the resumes, it's McDaniels. McDaniels in New England got steady production from those running backs. Mm-hmm. And the Patriots outside of drafting Sony Michelle a few years back, it's not like they bent over backwards to bring in big names at that position. So McDaniels could get production out of the running back position without Josh Jacobs being involved. So I I don't think it's that big of a deal. Nick, we kick it back to you with someone who missed first day of minicamp yesterday for the Buffalo Bills. What? But he was at the camp this week, or excuse me, today. Sean McDermott, head coach, said, we had a good conversation, great communication. We've got to a point yesterday where we just felt like we all needed a break and some space. So I gave Steph, meaning Stephon Diggs, permission to get some space and head out and we picked up those conversations after practice. I end quote, Nick, big deal or no deal, Stefan Diggs missed yesterday, and head coach Sean McDermott saying it just needed a little space. Yeah, might dig into McDermott a little bit more tomorrow and what he said, JJ. But for right now, it's a big deal whenever you have drama with your top receiver in this iteration of the NFL. Josh Allen is a different quarterback with Diggs than he is without Diggs. It's a big deal. You got to keep that guy happy to keep Josh Allen happy because if your QB1 franchise quarterback is not happy, then the team's not going to go anywhere. I don't think the Bills are a top four team in the AFC without Stephon Diggs. They got to make sure that dude is happy. He's with the program and he's playing alongside Josh Allen for the next 17. Yeah, disgruntled Stephon Diggs can be a problem. Let me, I've, I've seen it up close. I was in Minnesota when it went bad between him and the Vikings. And I'm telling you, Nick, the fact that they can't, we talked about it yesterday with his contract situation, they couldn't trade him if they wanted to or if he wanted them to. Like the financial ramifications yeah. of it are just, are just too too dire. So the fa- that actually makes this a bigger deal. They, they are in that, they are locked in that marriage, whether Diggs is happy, whether the Bills are happy, whether they're happy with each other. And an unhappy Stefan Diggs 
stuck in this in this relationship with the Bills. If indeed any part of him doesn't want to be there, could be worse than him not being there at all. You, you know what I mean? In yeah. terms of the damage that could be done having a vampire in the locker room, to borrow somebody else's terminology, they need to make sure that whatever this is, they 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 smooth it over that they may that they they put this in the past in the rear view and can move forward with a happy Stefan Diggs however they need to make that happen. So there you go, big deal or no big deal, NFL mandatory minicamp version of that. I'm not sure if it was the first, but last night we witnessed a reverse boycott. We'll get to that coming up. Cattles and Rami Sacktown Sports.